0: Hi guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, a Mitch Rapp podcast. So what are you up to this week, Mike?
1: Not much. It's the end of term two at school. So I'm like, wow, half a school year, all virtual. This is never would have thought that would happen. But uh, yeah, things are coming along. How's it going over there at the Furman household?
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. Baby's two weeks old now. All so right. Getting some sleep. Uh, Went back to my job on Monday. That was good. Oh, okay. So congrats for for making it through halfway of the virtual year. Are you going to go back at all this year?
1: Well, schools are doing limited reopenings, term three. I was not selected to go back yet. We'll see by term four what happens. If the demand increases, you know, a lot of parents actually opted out, even though they were offered a slot. And we under-enrolled. Uh, because of that and they they didn't need all the teachers so we'll see if that changes as the vaccine rolls out and what happens but um, yeah kind of
0: crazy unprecedented let's hope here's to the vaccine you should be getting yours soon I'll be getting mine in the next month yes so
1: and that's through NIH in the new job yeah
0: they're they're gonna be they're gonna they're in like almost a phase two with their vaccine so they're going to try right. to vaccine all of us. So, anyways. All right. Good.
1: Good. Well, I'm excited for what we're doing today. Yes, I am, too. We got to kick it off with our giveaway. It's February yes. 1st. So, I've got my copy of Consent to Kill, autographed by Vince Flynn. A rare copy. I, thankfully, I have two willing to give one away to you all, the listeners. How great! So, Yeah, everyone who registered and confirmed their subscription on our no limits email newsletter updates. One of you guys is going to win this copy. So Chris, I got the list here. Give me a number 1 through 3. 1 through 3 uh 2. 2. Okay. I'm going to the second page. Now give me a number <laughs> okay. 1 1 through 25. <sighs> 14. I'm going to count down 14. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Lee Burgley, Lee S. Burgley at gmail.com. You are our winner of the Mitch Rapp Pod Consent to Kill giveaway. Congratulations. Congratulations. Lee. All right. We'll be reaching out to you and getting your book in the mail, hopefully in the next week.
0: Congrats. All right. So for February, we did a giveaway to anyone. Sorry, for January, we did a giveaway to anyone. But for February, it's going to be back to our Patreons only. So if you're interested, please go and visit MitchRabPod.com. Click that little orange support button uh, for Patreon, and you'll be entered into the February uh, giveaway. Um, Are we doing a pick your own again? Yeah, we have a couple of other autographed
1: Vince Flynn books, and uh, we'll have a couple of titles you can choose from if you're the winner.
0: Right. And so, by becoming a patron, you will receive a Midtrap Pod sticker uh, and a reading list bookmark, along with entries into our monthly giveaways, as well as a code if you want to use it to buy some Midtrap Pod swag. My dad loves his t shirt, gave it to him, or his hoodie, gave it to him for his birthday. He loves it. Uh, very comfortable. Uh, so, you get a coupon code for 25% off at the Teespring store. And also this year we are partnering with Operation Paperback. So by becoming a patreon, you'll help be helping us support Operation Paperback in order to send those care packages of Vincelin or other thriller books to the troops and veterans. Uh, and yeah, it's your financial contribution that not only helps us do that but keeps us going as a pod. So yeah, we thank you.
1: Yeah, just today I actually put together oh, our nice. two care yeah two care packages. I'll be putting them in the mail. Ten uh, thriller books each, most of those Vince Flynn, Mitch Rapp thrillers. And they'll be going to two units to uh, share and distribute, uh, currently deployed. Uh, Listener shout out on that end, Garrett. Thanks, Garrett. Garrett reached out and sent us one of his extra rap books. It was The Survivor. So that is going to be in one of the care packages that we're sending out. So if you too would like to support our efforts, either become a patron at mitchrappod.com and click support us on Patreon or reach out directly by email mitchrappod at gmail.com and uh, we'd be happy to uh, take your leftover books and get them in the hands of our our troops. That'd be great, yeah. All right. All
0: right, so one more thing before we get into today's podcast. Mike, we have to talk about hashtag rap20update, okay? So they're released on the Twitter sphere, and I didn't see it on Instagram, but also on Facebook. This title reveal game, where every day, starting on the twenty eighth, they released a single question about the eighteen previous, or nineteen, sorry, nineteen previous rap books, and from that question, you could guess a title, uh, and then they gave you like whatever word in that title was going to be the next clue, right? And so. That would give you three, four keywords in order to track down the title. So it's called a track down the title game, right? So we waited to record this little bit of the podcast until we got all four clues. We're not going to spoil it right now. However, we do want to tell you all four of the clues in case you haven't had a chance to, you know, find them. If, if you want to go and watch, it's pretty cool. They got uh, Mitrab Ambassadors to read them out on Twitter and VinceFlynn.com. So you can go there and check that out. But um, here, we're, we're going to read them here for you. And then next week, we're going to do a deep dive discussion, both into the answers of these clues, as well as tracking down that title, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and if um, you missed it, they're all on VinceFlynn.com, in addition to the social media platforms that Chris described. And as you give them to us, Chris, I will uh, give a special shout out to the Mitch Rapp ambassadors who read each clue. So what was clue number
0: one? All right, so clue number one was what novel did Rap eat pizza and drink Coke uh, while visiting his dilapidated and exploded house that he used to share with Anna? And so in that title, the first word was your keyword, and that was read by?
1: And that was read by Stephen A. You can find him on Twitter at M-I-C-H Escobar 09.
0: Nice. And so day two was what rap book shares a title with one written by the author of uh, Frankenstein? So in that title, the second word is your keyword, and that was read by...
1: That was Bridget Brooks. You can find her on Twitter at Bridget, B-R-I-D-G-E-T-A, Brooks, B-R-O-O-K-S.
0: Nice. Nice. Clue three was: What book does Mitrap use a bone to pick a lock?
1: That clue. Let's find it here on the Twitter. Drake. That was Drake D W. Guess where you can find him on Twitter at Drake D W. He doesn't and look like Drake though. The yeah, other Drake. No, he doesn't. Not too much resemblance.
0: And that title. It was the first <laughs> word. Um, And then the fourth clue was, in what book does Rap adopt his dog, Shirley? And that was the third word, I believe.
1: Yeah, the third word in that title is your fourth and final keyword for guessing Rap 20. And that was by Desiree, at Desiree, two E's Holt, H-O-L-T, on Twitter, for awesome Mitch Rap Ambassadors.
0: All right, so do you guys know the answer to those clues? If you... If you do, you can figure out the key phrase and find the title. There's a twist.
1: I'm just going to throw it out there. I thought and everyone else thought the four words was going to be the title of Rap 20. Me too. Me too. But just a warning, there's a twist at the end. The four words are only your keywords to point you in the direction of the actual Rap 20 title. And the last twist, we also get a publication date. Once you figure out the clues, and a summary of the book plot, and dude, I cannot wait to talk to you about that awesome
0: summary next week. Yes, so next week we'll we'll break down this more, talk about these as well as the title. So, until then, we hope you enjoy uh, the rest of this podcast.
1: All right, well, we're really excited to. Give you a discussion. We're nearing the halfway point of all rap books. You know, we've read nine books that we've reviewed on the pod, and we want to revisit our whole scoring, rating, and ranking system. We maybe in the beginning didn't have a a sense of how we were going to shape up with our rankings, and now that we have quite a few books under our belt, I think it's a good time to have a conversation about what we liked, what, what. Is higher up our list? What cracks our top five? Because it's been really hard giving you a number on each of these books at the very end.
0: It, I mean, it's all relative, right? Yeah. And some of you may be wondering, you know, why aren't we waiting until we actually get halfway through? But I would argue that one, it's our podcast, so we can do what we want. Two, uh, <laughs> awesome. it's no, the real reason is like, I think Consent to Kill is a good place to do this because yes. of how... It sort of signals this you know, transition, and then we're going to get into a couple books that are very different in tone, very different rap. So I I just, we both felt that this was a good time to do it, right? Yeah, you're right. Consent to Kill definitely is like
1: a turning point in the series and rap's life, so great time to do it. But I mean, but here's the thing, right? They're all a 10 out of 10. Yes. And some of my favorite thrillers on, you know, Goodreads or Amazon five stars every time. Recommend them to people, recommend them to friends. Definitely. Totally pumped. But I mean our mission here is to really dig in. It is to get a little nitpicky, not to, you know, bring down the books or to, you know, tarnish their reputation. But it'd be boring if, you know, we were just cheerleaders each time for everything and we didn't really analyze and dig into how the writing and particularly Vince's writing is is flowing and growing and and kind of he's tinkering with things um, i mean we we
0: are cheerleaders because
1: we created this pod we
0: obviously we love this stuff so we love them
1: yeah and then i also thought back into the beginning and i kind of started by rating a little harder yes um, we both kind of in my mind i was like we're going to get to memorial day we're going to get to transfer well transfer was second but we're going to get to consent and we're going to get to american assassin so, I mean, I started out with like term limits and third option, and I realized I was a little harsh on them when we covered them just because in my mind I had this idea of like, oh, we're we're going to grow. But looking back on them, I'm very fond for those books, right? Yes. Like if I gave something a 7 out of 10, it was not saying I, I don't think it's a great book. Like I would recommend it to a friend as a 10 out of 10, like you got to read this, particularly term limits looking back at it and as a first novel. But we really were trying to read it with a critical eye. So right. Right. really didn't mean to intend any harm or malice in a low score in the past. And today, hope to kind of you know recognize that and um, re-rank everything and give it new ratings and, and see what we think now,
0: looking at the series uh, with a wider scope. Yeah, and if you don't agree with us... Send all your hate mail to our Twitter account because Martini <laughs> covers that one. And if you do agree with us, hit me on Instagram. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, you actually brought this up to me. Um, there are series where people yes. dissect them, like like Harry Potter or Star Wars or yes. Marvel and Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. Um, and there's podcasts where they have, you know. Obviously, you have to rank stuff. That's like an easy podcast subject to do, and it's like Star fun. Wars. It's fun to Everyone do. Everyone yes. makes well, a list of best Star Wars. In there, there's actually bad Star Wars, but that is true. Me. But well, that's but like, the difference no. here. They're actually like bad, Harry, like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. I don't think there's there are like weaker Harry Potter books. All of them are great though. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I, we're I doing think. Here. Harry.
1: Harry Potter to me is probably the closest in a series in terms of you like it all. If you're a fan, you know, you enjoy it all. Mm -hmm. And you think there are like slight gradations in which ones are better or worse, but you would never call one of them bad. And that's what it's like with Vince Flynn for me.
0: Or what, uh, like, I don't, I love all Marvel movies. I think they're all entertaining. But like, is Thor Dark World amazing? No. Mm. You know? but yep. it's still very entertaining and i rewatch it so i you know it's I just know, because s- it's at the bottom of your marvel
1: movies list doesn't mean you didn't enjoy it and you you know weren't a fanboy when it came exactly, out exactly so. exactly i guess you're right it is different than star wars in that sense because i did walk out of a couple of those just prequel and sequel just saying that There's, was garbage <laughs> th-
0: there are some star wars movies that people really don't like really don't like so
1: did but, we just scientifically prove that Mitch Rapp is more like Harry Potter and the Avengers than Star Wars? You could say that. I think so. I think so. Okay. Okay. So that's probably not true at all in terms of actual <laughs> characters and storylines. But yeah, no,
0: he's definitely more like Luke. But anyways, all right. well, let's get into some categories.
1: What uh, what do you want to start out out of here? Just just doing our rankings.
0: I think we should go with our books covered. And so I kindly took from all of our notes from our episodes, I put our both mine and yours and ratings into a list from best to worst. And I I, want to just discuss those quickly. One for you, one for me. And then I think now when I put them all together, I want... An opportunity and maybe you want an opportunity to make some changes because there's definitely some okay. changes I, I want to make I want to make okay and maybe we can come to consensus or you know discuss why we think each of the ones but I, I think that would be a good way to start let's do it let's do it so we both put
1: memorial day as our highest ranking when we covered it and I think we're both keeping it so far as our highest ranking of what we yes. covered
0: yes you're with yes. me on that okay I'm with you on that
1: what do you say a second then
0: we both said in the pod, based on what we said in the pod that our earlier episodes that consent to kill was ranked higher. I am keeping that as the Memorial Day, and then consent to kill.
1: I think consent to kill is the better book, but I bumped up transfer of power. I think I'm putting that. I'm putting that as my second. I think it has more nostalgia for me. I think as an introduction to rap, meeting him for the first time just sticks with you on every reread. And um, hitting the White House, man. That's such a big story. And we had a great villain. We're going to talk a little later about it. But Aziz, some of the things that happen in that one are really memorable in a nostalgic way for me. I'm going to put that one second. Though I, I don't disagree with you. Transfer uh, Consent to Kill is probably the better written book and better story. So I, I get that you're keeping that as your second. Makes sense.
0: Okay. right? And then, so for number three for me, a little bit of a hot take, I I feel like, but I ranked it in our, the pods, Lethal Agent as the third highest book. Based on the ones we've done so far, I honestly think this is going to change. This is definitely going to change once we have other ones in there. American Assassin and Killshot just, Certain examples are going to go above Lethal Agent. But for right now, with the books we have, I really enjoyed Lethal Agent. So I'm sticking, and again, I'm sticking, my top three are not changing. Okay. So that's still your third of what we've covered. Yes. and I you, loved Lethal Agent. You had it ranked third based on the scores we gave.
1: I did. Uh, and I still love it. I had it third on the scores that we gave, but I did drop it to my fifth place spot just I had to move up consent to kill, as we know, and then I also maybe the nostalgia factor is getting to me as we think back. But term limits, I jump term limits up into my big fourth mover. spot, big mover above lethal agent. Yeah, that one really grew. Just thinking, I've had so many conversations with people about, oh, this book term limits, it you know is so apt for today's world. And then like Scott Coleman and the where he's come and the role of Stansfield in that book and uh Term Limits grew on me, fond memories of it, and for a first book it was a lot of fun. A lot of it was in DC, you know, that helicopter scene and some other like spycraft scenes. So I bumped up Term Limits to my fourth place and for that reason Lethal Agent is down to fifth, but Lethal Agent still I think is probably going to hold down close to top 5 on my overall favorites anyway. So five five six seventh spot i think it's gonna stay around there love that one
0: gotcha so for my fourth spot i had Would you had moved up to your second transfer of power uh and it, again it's staying there so i don't have anything actually i don't have anything changed for my top four top five uh which for five i did total power so yeah i love transfer of power like you said i think transfer of power is going to stay there right underneath lethal agents so that means i'm i'm yeah, it'd be interesting once we add in the other ones and we sort of revisit these in, you know, a couple months whenever we finish the series. Um, but yeah, for right now, I have Lethal Agent above Total Power. And unlike you, I I love Total Power. I thought it was really unique, interesting, different. Um, I'm right in the people's wave. So Total All Power right.
1: number five. All right. I... Because I put Total Power slightly lower on this list, I bumped up Separation of Power. When we rated it, I gave it an 8.9. That's probably about where I'm going to keep it. Right. Um, I mean, Separation Power had some really cool stuff. A Milan scene with Donatella. You know, Donatella plays a central role. And also Rap doing something really badass, you know, dropping in in these... um, this motorcade impersonating Saddam Hussein's son to recover nukes in the middle of Baghdad. So separation of power jumped a little bit ahead of total power for me, but that's just where I'm at. You're about there with separation of power too, right? Yeah. So
0: my, uh, initially uh, next for six, I, I ranked separation of power, executive power, and then the third option. And I was really harsh on term limits based on, our initial thing, I, I was really harsh on term limits, gave it a seven. Uh, so I'm actually deciding to change up these bottom four, and I'm going to go the third option, separation of power, term limits, and executive power. I, th- I think we both agree that executive power is at the bottom of our rankings, and it'll probably yep. just continue to fall as we raid more and more of these. Although I don't remember. Some of the books we're about to cover, I don't quite remember the yep. plots as much. I probably will remember them as soon as we read it, but yeah. And like we said on the
1: pod where we covered it, it's a shame executive power drops down the list because we loved parts of it so much, right? Like the the Filipino jungle scenes, rap getting shot, um, a wicker operating in, in the jungle, uh, the beach scenes, right? Where they're, they're pretty much storming the beach and, and one of those, they get slaughtered and another one, they successfully do it. A lot of good stuff there, but the second half of that book is the reason we're keeping it there.
0: Yes, definitely. All right, so
1: recap. Chris, currently out of the books we've done, what are your top five in order? And then I'll give my top five in order Okay. so, so far.
0: Top five for me is Memorial Day, Consent to Kill, Lethal Agent, Transfer of Power, and Total Power.
1: All right, mine are Memorial Day, Transfer of Power, Consent to Kill, Term Limits, and lethal agent
0: I think my top five are gonna change drastically because those are the only two Kyle books we've read that's true and so I feel like I wanted I wanted to have him represented in there, but I think I like I definitely like lethal agent out of all the Kyle books but I think I like some of the other Kyle books better than total power so total power is probably gonna drop
1: okay okay. Interesting. Yeah, well, we'll uh, bring you yeah. a re-ranking later on in the in our Mitra Pod series, maybe when we're approaching the end, and then certainly at the very end of this project. So
0: stay yeah. tuned. And uh, I'll post these, uh, both of our lists, on our social media on Monday when this pod drops. So you guys can either agree or probably disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Tear <Terrace> us to shreds. <laughs> but no, we love to hear what, what your personal rankings are. Yes, we so. do. Yes, we do. Well, I'm excited how we're going to
1: spend the second half of the pod here doing some superlatives. Yes. We brainstormed some categories that we thought would be interesting just to go through and think in the different books what are some of the coolest, most enjoyable elements of these stories. And I think we've got a good list of, of topics to cover. How about you tell us, Chris, what superlatives we're going to walk through here? Yes,
0: yeah, so I've been asking you actually to, to do these like since. I don't know. Book two—that's true. I was like, "We got to do this." We got. Martini's like, "Yes." Once we get, once we start covering more of them on the pod, (laughs) we got to read at least a chunk of books before we can do superlatives. Especially the first one we're going to do is best villain because, like, I just remember that. Obviously, the you remember the villain the most from all these books. And I was like, I just want to talk about all of them. So the best big bad. Yes, we're going to cover the best villain. We're going to cover the best action scene best rap kill, best B-plot. We love our B-plot, typically political. Best book location or like place that Mitch setting. goes setting. And then, of course, we always talk about our titles and we talk about our covers. So we're going to go best title and best cover. All right, let's do it. All right, what do you want to start with? You kicked us off with best
1: villain, so let's just... Right, let's, let's do this. Let's keep that ball rolling. Right, We've got so- Transfer of Power... Rafik Aziz is a classic. Yes. To me, he stands out just that creepy eeriness and knowing it was written pre-9/11, like I don't think America necessarily had a general understanding of the psychology of a fundamentalist like him and reading about how he's Sneaking into the situation room, how his heart's pounding, how he plans on abducting the president right then and there. Oh, excuse me, in the Oval Office, how he plans on abducting the president right there in the Oval Office. He doesn't do it. He's clamming up. And then just when he has control of the White House, commanding his men, it's really creepy the way he's talking and announcing his plans to the hostages. I feel like Vince does a lot of like thought process. Like He's one villain where we're inside his head a lot more than some of our later villains. Right. So.
0: No, I, I agree with you. I think he's the first rap villain we see. Very genius rap villain. And obviously this is someone that Mitch has had history with, someone who has escaped Mitch in the past. So yep. it's like, even though we, we don't know what that past is, we get this first, you know, oh, who was this guy? I want to know more about Mitch's past and obviously the end in the epilogue, seeing him get killed. Yep. Just a great way to kick off the series with this villain.
1: Yeah. I mean, you gave me that scar in the epilogue. It's like, what scar? When will we learn about it? Right. right. And Vince gives us that later
0: on in his career. So it's classic. Yes. So in the third option and separation of power, we have sort of this dual big bad. Uh, trio actually so we have peter cameron and hank clark who are the main you know the political players in the third option also like the Jansons, but they're like hank clark is the one pulling yeah. the strengths as well as the the professor congressman rudin exactly and then in separation of power we also have congressman rudin hank clark they're the main you know villains in that story yeah i think this you know we're going to discuss this in more in in depth in our B plot, but definitely one of the stronger political players. Uh, I like the character of Hank Clark. I, he's just described as this like swarmy car salesman. You know, can lie his way through anything. Doesn't look like a killer, but doesn't hesitate to kill anybody. You know, freaking throws Rudin out of the the window <laughs> in yeah. the. In the, Wait, in the violence at the Capitol
1: building? That doesn't happen.
0: <laughs> never, never. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I don't know. I really like Hank Clark.
1: Yeah. Hank Clark is a fantastic crafting of that archetype of a villain. But I really love the pairing with Peter Cameron. Because at the same time, you get someone who has experience in the intelligence business. He worked for the CIA, right? And he's a professor of national intelligence. Yet he's also a bumbling fool. Yeah, so fool. I think by aligning Peter Cameron and Hank Clark, it it, it kind of works. It's like a little, um, I don't know, peanut butter and jelly going on uh, kind of combo. And Peter Cameron is like itching to get into the field. Right. The way Hank right. Clark is so good at what he does you realize Peter Cameron is not. And that's going to be one of the main reasons their whole plans are spoiled, you know, by someone as good as a rap and a Kennedy and Marcus tracking him down. But I love the character of that professor playing off of and with Hank Clark. Really good pairing to create a villain duo. Right. Yeah.
0: Our next villain that we meet is in uh, Executive Power, where we yes. have this Palestinian. What What is he? Just like a Palestinian refugee or a Palestinian? I forget. But David. so David, ha- yeah, he had an interesting background. Uh, and that wasn't Jabril. even his real name. Yeah, he yeah. was like G- Gabriel, right? Or Jabril. And yeah. then also coupled with the head of Mossad, Ben, ben Friedman, Friedman, who, yeah. you know, we see him multiple times through a couple different books. And Irene obviously totally wipes the floor with him. Yes. Um, but in this book, I think this is his strongest showing. You know, trying to develop this plot to get rid of, it makes it seem like David is trying to, you know, help him get rid of Palestine, but they don't know that, uh, or like these radicals in Palestine, the whole scene of like, you know, taking the, they give him a bomb. Taking out the Hamas leadership. Taking out the Hamas leadership. And then he gets so greedy that he like sends in the Apache helicopter, right? Or like uh, some like crazy war helicopter, takes him out. In the end, both are foiled, and and David's death was kind of disappointing, you know, just like to be killed by this Prince Omar guy, who then just gets killed by rap, but yeah, they're okay villains.
1: Ben Friedman gives me an, okay, good character when you're reading it, not too memorable. I I feel like if we weren't doing this list, I would have kind of forgotten him, even though he was in two books, played a major role. He's kind of like, meh, I don't think he's an Aziz or he's a Hank Clark no, He's just, no. He's, he's all right, that was a good villain. International version of like a Stansfield, you know, right. a little younger, but yeah. Well, I think we get a really good one next, Memorial Day. You know, we get these really creepy scenes of Mustafa Al-Yamani commandeering a boat and entering U.S. waters and territory in Florida. The way he's coordinating, shipping in the nuclear weapons and assembling them and has this like ad hoc team like he's hiring like college kids you know with saudi blood living in america to drive him around and he's got a scientist and like experts who can assemble the bomb and do all this stuff he's a pretty good villain and he's really really he's radicalized some of the things you hear going through his mind about wanting to hit america and wanting to take down the great Satan, like, Al-Yamani really represents that archetype very well, I feel.
0: Well, that and the willingness that he's willing to go to make the attack. You know, like, he gives himself, he knows he's going to be exposed to radiation poisoning. He knows he's dying. He gives us everything to get these two nukes into the United States and almost succeeds. Yeah. You know, besides, like, total power, this is, probably the closest like yeah. a the nuke goes off yeah so this is definitely the closest that anyone any one of the villains gets to like actually winning you know yeah yeah and then at the end he just sort of laughs as as mitch kills him you know yeah because he knows that well he thinks he knows that he can't stop him but you know rap is able to foil it a little bit but or yeah. foil it obviously they they contain the da- blast, a lot of damage, but yeah, don't get any deaths. So exactly, no, they contain it I, in the bunker. Very, very good villain. And then the, the whole like Ali twist, the twist of set like, off him, a nuke. yeah, it set off a nuke on Merkazul, so, and this has ripple effects through the next three books with the politics in this realm. Achieved his goal of terrorism of of causing yeah. terror.
1: It's funny though. The, the causing terror is what actually gives Rap the license, or dare I say it, the consent to, to start reorganizing the Orion team and really hitting these guys hard. So it's kind of cool that we immediately jump into consent to kill from there. And, you know, the president, Hayes, is willing to uh, let him loose. And so are the uh, Walsh and Hartsburg on the Senate Intelligence Committee willing to let them loose, all because yes. of Yamani and how extreme he was. Yep. Speaking of consent to kill, maybe we don't have to go too deep because we just covered the villains, but we get a whole crew of villains from Prince Mohammed bin Rashid, who is funding you know, the the hit on rap in cahoots with uh, Saeed, again, another member of the, the royal family. So we have this kind of approach of the Saudi royal family and their palace intrigue funding terrorism. And then we get the people on the ground actually doing the work. You know, Abel is moving the money and hiring the assassin. We have Petrov, the guy he he collabor this Russian he collaborates with. And ultimately we get introduced to a major villain, Louis Gould. So right. consent to kill has really given us a lot of good meat uh to chew on when it comes to villains.
0: And I think if, you know, we're gonna pick the best one or best two in a minute, but I think we can separate those into like the players and then Gould. Like Gould is his own vill- like the own villain, like the the better villain in the story, and then you have everyone sort of like I guess if like you had in behind the scenes. Behind the scenes you had Hank Clark and Peter Cameron, this is a better version of that, you know? Yeah. With Mohammed and Saeed and yes. Abel. And Abel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well more let's get into the recent ones. We had Said Halabi in Lethal Agent again, who also shows up in <laughs> one of the other books that we're going to cover here, but Halabi is to me kind of similar to an Al-Yamani. He's just the ISIS version of that, you know, the more modern late 21st century uh, version of it.
0: A lot of similarities between those two characters.
1: Yeah. Halabi and uh, Al-Yamani of Al-Qaeda. And then um, most recently we get Power Station, which I think you, you really liked as a villain and what he's doing there.
0: I liked him as a villain, but he he also is like, now that I think about it and you talk about it, he's kind of Kyle's version of Peter Cameron, almost. Yeah, that's that's Um, very good. It's like, not in the intelligence sector, but in the cyber sector. I don't know, like he's, I like the story because the attack actually happens and there, well, at least I hope, and Kyle mentioned that, there is going to be consequences of like the amount of people that died and economic ramifications or like maybe we don't know those specifically but it's going to affect the political landscape in the next yeah. few books and so yeah i don't know in the end he's the we you know we talked about this recently on or back in the summer on our total power pod some of the plot mechanics with him are weak but I don't know. I liked him as a villain. Yeah. Well, I guess the last one we should cover, even though
1: they're kind of non-rap villains, we had a really good cast of characters in Term Limits. Right, right. Stu Garrett, who... Was he the chief of staff? I think he was... Um, yeah. For, President for, Stevens' for chief President of staff. Stevens. Yeah. And then you had uh, Mike Nance, who was, I believe... National D&I. Security Advisor. Yeah,
0: national security advisor. Yep. Yep, yep. National
1: Security Advisor. And you get this guy Higgins, who was a you know, ex CIA, CIA guy, guy. guy yeah. from the intelligence, but he is running more of a private show. And so Stu Garrett coordinates with him. You know. It's Stu Garrett, of course, being also both political, very Machiavellian as a political operator, but also manipulating the media and then getting in bed with these CIA and uh Security and military guys like Nance and Higgins and Stu Garrett just has his hands in everything. He's very weaselly, so he was a pretty good villain in that regard. All right, if you had to give it a superlative, so we
0: can get on, who who wins? Before we do that, kind of in that book, Scott's the villain, though. That's true. Scott is a villain. Scott is a villain.
1: But you can sympathize with him. He's he's
0: the good guy. But he's also the beginning, the before you know who he is, he's the villain of the book. Yeah. You know who
1: makes the, the switch, though, who in our minds plants that what Scott's doing can be useful is Thomas Stansfield. Right. By wanting to bring him in and say, you're really good. <laughs> you're sealed SEAL Team 6 commander. We could use you in the CIA to put your skills and your aggravations to work and make positive change uh, for the country. So, yeah, he's a villain turned hero. It's really interesting start to our in our relationship with Coleman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so if I had to pick the best villain, this is tough. I'm probably going Transfer of Power with Rafika Aziz, and then my number 2 is Louis Gould. And I think that's also what Ryan Rapologist picked. He did this whole oh, yeah. ranking. Uh, just the Vince Flynn books, but I'd have to agree and say that those those two characters are really nice, and I think a close third is from Memorial Day, Mustafa Al Yumani. Wow! So I'm
1: surprised. I was gonna say Aziz, just I think he's a fantastic villain, but I think the role of villain is played better at large by Hank Clark.
0: Mm, you uh, know, you're probably you're right you're right
1: not just being an extremist terrorist you know same old storyline but hank clark is a deeper kind of more complex villain so for that complexity and being across uh, a couple of different books
0: yeah the four and books knowing almost.
1: how important events the political side of things are which you know we often call the b-plot but hank clark has a hand and he's a he's masterminding all that so i gotta say hank clark has the edge as as top villain here all right all right Best rap kill? What do you think?
0: Let's do it. Best rap kill. So what, let's just, we both pick three. We can, why don't you say your three first? My three favorites. And then I'll tell you my three.
1: Okay. Um, All right. Uh, Again, you know I'm high on nostalgia, and I keep bringing this up. The first time we ever see rap is so memorable to me. He's in Bandar Abbas, southern Iran, near the Strait of Hormuz, He's undercover as an old man. He's wearing the jalaba and all the robes so he can blend in. We hear he's got the dark complexion, he's got the beard, he's got everything. And he's limping to look like an invalid old man. He walks right up to this guard mumbling Arabic and slices him. You know, and in transfer of power it says, quote, the knife sliced deep into the neck of the guard just under the jaw- jawline. Rap cupped his left hand over the man's mouth and drove the knife upward into the back of the brain. To me, that's such a memorable kill. So I'm putting that up there in my top three. Uh, second, uh, I got to go when he tortures <laughs> Al Harani in Memorial Day because we're getting bits and pieces about a nuclear weapon. And Rap was just on the ground in Afghanistan pulling dudes out of a house and, like, finding plans that they're going to explode a nuclear device in Washington. And so when he has these guys in a barn in just bumblefuck Afghanistan and he lines them up, I love how he rationalizes. He's looking at him. He's like, what do I do? Okay. This guy over here looks really seasoned and hardened. He's like a commander. He's going to take hours or days and weeks to break. I don't have time. So guess what? I'm going to make a show of killing him in front of all these other guys, these younger, weaker pussies, so that they can start talking. He puts a gun right up to al Harani's head and says, Ali Said al Harani, your deeds have damned you to hell, and that is where I'm sending you. Knocks him off and then continues to torture the other guys next to him. Just love that. Great kill. Um, I might go with one... All right, I'm gonna group these ones. I'm gonna say the revenge kills in consent to kill
0: oh that's that's good. That's good. He pours that's the w- cognac one of mine are on
1: there, yeah, he pours the cognac on um oh. a bell in the uh the Alpine house and lights that up right after Scott Coleman was taking a few sips of it out of the bag and then at the same time, he got the phosphorus grenade, Prince Mohammed bin Rashid in Granada, Spain, just shoving a incendiary down his throat. Love that.
0: All right, all right. So I also had the uh, consent to kill Prince Mohammed bin Rashid incendiary bomb. So I have a different transfer of power. Although that scene is oh, okay, a, a great introduction into our character Mitrab, like one of the best introductions of a character, I think. But I love the Rafiq Aziz kill at the end in the epilogue. I yep. think, you know, we're inter- we we fly down to he's in hiding. And the scene sort of, you know, we were just in the White House. Then you know, we cut, and Aziz thinks he's safe, but you're not safe when you're on the run from mid-trap. I just love that kill. The, I, I wrote this down, and so I have the same as you, Prince Mohammed bin Rashid. Uh, some honorable mentions before I say my last one: Power Station's kill at the very end. He, you know, offers Jed to kill him, but instead, you know, he kills him out in the middle Idaho, wherever where he is. Uh, the Prince Omar kill is one of the better parts of executive power at the very end showing up in the limo. But I really like the, so my final one is the, in the very beginning, rap killing the imam in consent to kill. And I guess the reason why I thought it's cool is because I don't know, I think it's a very nice description of this hand to hand comment. We, you know, we normally see rap killing with a gun. In this case, we see him slicing his, uh, you know, with a throat slicing his throat with a knife sorry yeah and just the writing there is very technical very cool the whole description of it is you know shows off rap as a spy shows him off as this great fighter so yeah that's my top three nice nice
1: you know before we pick one we forgot was and it's not exactly a rap kill but rap had his hands in it all along He and Donatella go out and pose as a couple at the Cosmos Club, the D.C., you know, hoity-toity, and she is flirting with Senator Hank Clark, slips something from her lipstick, her false lipstick uh, container, into his drink, sits him in a chair, and Rap looks him in the eye and says, Senator, you're having a heart attack. And Hank Clark is frozen. He can't move, and he dies right there, staring at Rap and Donatella walking off arm in arm. So, That's a, a great kill. <laughs> it's not exactly a te- a typical rap kill, but very like spy James Bondish kind of uh, scene. There, exactly, exactly. All right. Um, what do you think
0: the best is? I'm
1: going. I'm going with the opening scene, transfer power, because once he kills that guard, he storms the building, right. and they eventually. Uh, exfil from the roof, you know, using the infrared strobe, so the chopper can come in, and all the locals are fully armed with their AKs, coming out of their houses, shooting at him on the roof. So that that guard kill is just an awesome opening to an opening scene. First time we see Rap operating, so that's mine.
0: Maybe maybe I'm a little biased because we just did consent to kill, but any of the revenge kills, but specifically Prince Mohammed bin Rashid. Uh, yeah, I think those those four in succession are just you know quintessential rap. So
1: that's mine. I mean even Wahid he blows up with the suicide vest in Riyadh with the right. ball bearings going everywhere. That's pretty and good stuff. Taib, ta- another suicide bomb. Suicide to get it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I mean rap. How are you going to say the best kill? Those are all awesome. Can't go wrong. Cool. All right, let's keep it moving. Um, while we're on kills, best action scene overall. I feel like we've we've kind of gone through a few of these, but A couple that we haven't touched on yet. Two helicopter scenes I'm thinking of. One is in term limits. Scott plants these devices to jam all the helicopter signals and communications all around strategic locations of D.C. So he funnels the president's chopper and the shell game choppers around it into going over the Potomac River because he knows their emergency flight plans. And so he's jamming the signals. Then he sets off fireworks that he planted under the chain right. bridge. Right. Which causes, you know, the whole um caravan of, of choppers to just go out of whack and one guy breaks protocol, nearly knocks a chopper out of the air, and he was doing it all as a scare tactic. He was trying to threaten, you know, our own US government officials into listening to his demands. So that scene was just wild.
0: Yeah, those That's really good, and then so the other helicopter scene you were talking about is um, in Memorial Day when they're above Afghanistan, right? That's where they pick up, or I guess they go into Pakistan from Afghanistan into Pakistan, and that's where they pick up the guys where they begin to get this information about oh shit, there's a nuke in uh, the United States, and then I guess it's also a helicopter scene where at the end where you know this whole you know chasing the boat and getting the getting the bomb and then taking it to you know the the whole like yeah progression at the very end of the book I think you know is just great. Yeah. Um so yeah those two helicopter scenes come to mind. Um we mentioned the revenge kills in Con- Consent to Kill. I think those are some really good action scenes there. But also in Consent to Kill we have the whole, you know, the MS thirteen hit on the safe house and then wraps like clinically Kill. It. We should have put like dad on best rap kills, but they're all like no names. So like, I've, yeah, exactly. I've, I felt, but like, it's pretty badass the way he like just mows, you know, counts, counts in his head, like all yep. the kills, yep. And he's doing it with one handgun. Was it a Glock or Beretta that Scott gave him? I didn't give him a
1: Glock, right? I think it was with a Glock at the, that point. He started yeah. off with a Beretta in the first few books. That was yes. his weapon of choice. Now he's doing We Glocks. now see him using the Glock much more often, yeah.
0: Got to go American, man.
1: Yeah, that's totally best. one of the best action scenes ever. But, if, I mean, just a few others to bring up. We have separation of power was pretty sweet where we get intel that Saddam Hussein's son, Uday, is overseeing an operation in Iraq to arm nuclear weapons, and they're hidden underneath a hospital in a bunker. So pretty cool action scene where they fly in undercover they drop off a convoy right. out of these C 130 transports. And that convoy is to a T impersonating Uday Hussein, the son of Saddam Hussein. And Rap, people have told him his whole life he kind of looks like him. Well, Rap put on the whole bit uniform, insignia. He knew his slogans, how he talks, his accent, and um, takes his convoy right past the guards up to the hospital and extracts the nukes out of those bunkers so that was a pretty cool action scene all in all that uh and they were undercover so we see a lot of good spycraft there too
0: yes speaking of spycraft uh the third option which i think is we see a lot of good spycraft but uh, we don't get a lot of action in that in that novel a couple like sort of spy-y like i mentioned before that book reminds me of jason bourne and the bourne identity but the one scene we do get is the very beginning where they're storming into the German to take out the Chancellor, and then he gets shot by the Janssens. And then we get this whole proceeding of, like, he wakes up, you know, that, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I, I really like that scene. Oh, and he burns the house. And he burns so the house So there's no evidence down. of his blood. Yes, yeah. very smart That's thinking. right. Yes, yeah. And then I guess the other that, the way we have mentioned is... In Lethal Agent and Total Power, so in Lethal Agent, we have the whole Mexico chase scene at the very end. It's very, I like the pacing at the end of that book, where you know they're trying to chase down this the van or, or truck, right with you know yeah. these the the tainted people, and then they have like they have the government coming after them because they're not supposed to be there, and then they finally get the thing, and then they get the van, and then Rap has to like take it across the border. He's being shot at, and I don't know, that was just crazy. That was good stuff too how
1: everyone's helping him on this chase. Like right. doesn't he gets uh, like Maslick. all these like Yeah, mass like yeah. I think rams a, pol- a couple of police barricades like Mexican federale barricades to let him through in this 18 wheeler just racing for the US border. That was pretty
0: wild. Yeah, and they call in like all of these like retired CIA people to yeah. help them track and find this this van and Oh, and the pilot
1: that pilot who oh, yeah, has been pilot, around, his pilot, I forget, yeah. I forget his name, but they call in that pilot who Frank, comes with like a half Frank, broken or chopper, f- or Fred, uh, it might Fred, be Fred, yeah, he get he's giving them air support, Fred Mason, that's his name, Fred, Fred Mason. Mason, that's right, that's right, who's also in Total Power, yes, but um, yeah, those are some pretty good scenes. Um, the only other one that comes to mind. I would say operating in the Filipino jungle, I really yes. liked. Executive yeah. power. Unfortunately, it didn't carry much weight in the rest of the book. But the first half of executive power, you know, Coleman and Wicker trying to rendezvous with Rap, who's watching this village because he went in earlier or prior. Right, um, right, right, right. So they meet up and then they they have this plan to... Uh, Rap actually goes in to meet with the commanding general on the ground, who's working with Abu Sayyaf, the terrorist group. But Scotts Scott and Wicker are watching from afar. I thought that was pretty cool stuff.
0: Oh, I guess also from that book, the explosion on the Hamas, like Hamas party, leadership, where like David comes in and then yeah, yeah, and Ben Friedman fired yeah. and on Ben Friedman fired on him, him yeah, yeah, and then lied to Irene. Exactly, told Irene he knew nothing about it. Yeah. And the total power is interesting. The only thing that I could really think of is when Rap has to. Well, I guess there's all the like, the chasing, try to find total power in the end. But the coolest action scene I think is when he gets let off with an out. Like I think Fred probably takes him in with uh, into DC to find Sonia, and then he has yeah. to. You know, he, everyone's looting. He has to, t- you know, find her and make his way through all these crazy people. I don't know. That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Remember when he's extracting Sonya and he's about to board the chopper and Scott's hiding in the shadows and he hears someone shooting at him from behind? Without even looking, he just goes, Scott. <laughs> yeah. And then Scott yes. from the shadows takes that guy out <laughs> and Sonya's kind of impressed with it all. Like, who's this blonde man who just did that?
0: <laughs> yeah. Sadly, we won't see Sonya anymore. So that kind of sucks.
1: Well, not yet. Yeah. yeah not yet. What do you think this is action? I mean, it wasn't action in the sense of raps doing crazy shit, but I liked him and Milt Adams sneaking through the ducks of the White House. A lot of uh, yes. it was like surveillance and listening in, and he was, he was, um, and like, like stealthily taking out people, like going out and then going back into that room yeah. and. And then like the rape scene where Anna was, was almost abducted and he jumped out of the, the secret Choke, closet. Chokes the guy out, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you call all that action, but like that's that's pretty cool scenes of rap doing rap things.
0: Yeah. And you could also say the ending of that book, the explosion of the White House, the True. takedown, the the all West. that stuff, yeah. With HRT, FBI's HRT. Yes. All right, if you had to pick though, top action scene we covered so far, what is it? Uh, this is tough. I, I think I'd have to go the ending of Memorial Day. Yes. I think the the pacing of that. Yes. The tracking. The stakes. The, the stakes. stakes of it. It hits. And then like both of us are from, or you're not from the D.C. area, but I'm from the D.C. area. You've lived in the D.C. area a long time. And we know these locations. We, they're so vivid the way they're described. Uh, even if you've never been here, you could like sort of see this thing playing out in this park. And I don't know, it's, it's gotta be the end of Memorial day for me.
1: Yep. I'm with you rap. Uh, it It even starts earlier when they're tracking the nuke through Southeastern Virginia and they're just going through suburbs, right? The action kind of picks up there. They kill a cop actually, right? One of the guys hits a cop and that makes the local news. And then from there on out to rap literally with minutes to spare, Putting this thing in the bunker underneath a mountain and getting out of there in a chopper, that whole scene just to me might be my favorite of all Vince Flynn in terms of action. The epilogue of Consent to Kill, you heard me last week uh, gush over that. Might be my favorite writing, but favorite action is definitely that sequence.
0: I mean, it's our favorite book, so well, so far, so far, yeah, so far, probably so far. overall, so far. also, yeah. Yeah. I
1: don't. I don't think American Assassin for me is going to knock off Memorial Day top spot.
0: It might. I haven't reread it in a long yeah, time.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't reread it in probably a couple of years. So we'll see.
0: We'll see. All right. Well, let's let's hit two of these real quick. Um, best location. What do you think so far out of all the locations? What do you think? What what have you enjoyed reading the most about?
1: Yeah. I mean, we we talked about a lot already, so maybe we just jump right in and say the favorite. Um, yes. Yeah, Well, maybe just one we didn't talk about yet, really, was Milan. And that's when the writing in Separation of Power is getting a bit bogged down in the Love Triangle. Yes. (laughs) The Anna, Donatella, Mitch Love Triangle. But just the scene in Milan of, you know, shopping at the Duomo while Anna's out and rap is going to meet Donatella and then hitting these guys in the apartment and this, there's a spook sitting in a car outside and he hears say something in Hebrew. So pretty cool scene described there. We talked about the Filipino jungle. I'm um, I'm just going with the DMV, the, the district, Maryland, Virginia uh, circle, um, beltway. I, I love when, whether it's term limits or transfer of power or the end of Memorial day, I love when he's describing this neighborhood on these areas with such great detail, I love actually thinking, "Oh, you make a left turn on Sixteenth Street, headed north right. when you get to Rock Creek Park, the entrance is on your left, and you know just whatever like I- I'm just a sucker for that, so I'm going d m v all
0: right that that's you so mine, um yeah, if I had to pick something different, I'm a sucker for Europe, so the time we get the, it's a l- little bit, but the time we get in the third option of him being in Germany and then yeah. Crossing over to France, right, and yes, and, and also Milan. Just the description there, I, I love. You know, I've been to these places. Uh, I've never been to Germany, but I've been to you know France and and Italy, and so yeah, it's it definitely you're, you're... definitely DMV. But uh, you, oh, you're going to say it right? Like I was going to love... say, you're chomping at the bit for kill shot. Then yeah, I, that's going to be my favorite location. You know, I can just already say it now. Like I love Paris so much. So
1: okay. I don't remember you spending much time there.
0: Was that I spent a, I spent a week there on my honeymoon and I just fell Oh, that was your it. honeymoon. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I loved nice. it. I need awesome. to go back.
1: I like that. You know, for doing something different though, Lethal Agent, the Mexico yes. scenes. I mean I that actually would probably be my close second. I just thought Kyle nailed it with you have a chase through the jungle remember that the dogs are hopped up on cocaine right right Ed and, and rap uh, kills these guys and wears the, their uniforms and and whatever and then goes into the um this the house. Uh, the house of what do you call it, the the drug lord um one of the kingpins that he oh. he's
0: working with orders breakfast from his maid oh yeah he 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 takes yeah. like the bone and and <laughs> i guess that that would have been a good that would have been a good kill like killing the one dude poking him oh, with a stick oh in cage Poking him with a stick. Oh, snap. Uh, why? Why, why do we think of that? How poking him miss? with a okay. stick, only to use his femur to unlock him. Like,
1: <laughs> oh, and then he makes a lockpick out of his bone.
0: that thats, right, that's an—that that might be the best kill actually. That might—I think
1: that just jumps up on our best kill list. And I mean that's Kyle too. So that's Kyle. we've only read two Kyle books, and I think well, Lethal Agent might have the coolest kill. Oh man, I'm glad you remembered that. I totally forgot about that. People would be at their keyboards listening to this episode, like, Lethal Agent, the cage in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Femur, lockpick, bone. That's funny. All right, I'm glad you brought that up. Yep, that's jumping right to the top. All right, so no, right. let's do the B to... plots. Yes. You know, Vince, was it was right. really important to him the political scenes. That's a hallmark of a rap novel. Whether, you know, it's a congressional hearing and Rap is in his mind just mouthing off at all these people or Irene's on the hot seat.
0: What worked for you as one of the best storylines in Washington, D.C.? So we already mentioned Hank Clark uh, and Congressman Rudin. So some other B-plots that we had, obviously we think both that that's one of the, you know, the best B-plots that we've seen. Uh, Lethal Agent. I think we had a really good one, uh, Christine Barnett and uh, her little minion, Jonathan Gray. Term limits, Stu Garrett, Arthur Higgins, and Mike Nance. And we actually see Stu Garrett come back in the book we're going to do this month. So, yeah, I, I like the trio there. I, I, I The Stu Garrett character is just so annoying. Yeah, just, he's he a makes, pest. Makes you want to hate him. And, he's a pest. And then in Consent to Kill, we had the new... Oh, Director, DNI the uh, Ross, Director Ross, of National Intelligence Ross, yeah, Ross. Yeah.
1: So and he's working with Stokes, Attorney General Stokes was Attorney General Stokes. In Memorial Day, yeah. You know what's oh, and, interesting? Oh, and Peggy Peggy Steely. Peggy Steely, yeah, who works for Stokes. I feel like that was the weakest part of Memorial Day. That was the B plot of Peggy Steely and Attorney General Stokes trying to like position for VP. If you replace – can you imagine if either Hank Clark or Stu Garrett were the political B-plot of Memorial Day? I might say that's a perfect thriller. I honestly might say I would have given a perfect 10 to Memorial Day if either Hank Clark or Stu Garrett was the political B-plot instead of the Stokes-Steely business. Like that was the only eye-roll moment of Memorial Day for me was – Peggy Steely and Stokes weren't weren't doing it for me how they want to be on the ticket for VP or something. It wasn't much. Yeah. I think I think it's
0: got to be Hank Clark or Stu Garrett are are the best political like scumbags we hate. Yep. Yep. yep.
1: All right. Well, two things we've talked about throughout our episodes. We kind of want to pull to a close here and wrap up with our favorite titles so far And then, you know it's the last thing we do on these episodes, our favorite cover. So overall, we'll have to. It's going to be hard. We'll have to pick one. But let's
0: start with titles. What Uh, do you like? So we did a short actual um, wrap-on-wrap on on this, and I'm sticking with what I said. Uh, I think Lethal Agent is the best title it it, it's the perfect like double meaning double entendre right you know he rap is a lethal agent he gets taken out by this lethal you know virus lethal agent virus i don't know i it's brilliant it's it's brilliant if i had to pick a second one i think consent to kill is great because they use it a couple of times throughout the novel yep. and like three, or four times. Right. We talked about it last yep. spot. Um, whether or not like the title came out of the writing or they, and they, or they had the title and they purposely used it in the writing. You know, I think it works either way. Yeah. And total power. I, I, I like, like they really, both I mean, Kyle, both Kyle titles, I think great. the The fact that, Power Station has the total power, and this is the first novel where the attack actually happens and there are consequences. So those are my top three, and Lethal Agent being my top.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm concurring on Lethal Agent. So creative. It's just brilliant. Everything you said, leaving in that in the top spot. Consent to Kill, agree with you. I liked how it was used multiple times and had a really big impact on what was going on in the story. Mitch getting consent to kill both because the terrorist came really close to blowing up Washington. So he had consent to to do what he needs there, but also consent to kill as a revenge story. You know, you're giving yourself the consent to kill because of what they did to you. Right. Um, so great title. The one you didn't bring up that I would add to the list, a Transfer of Power. Like, it's on the nose, right? Like you you kidnap the president right transfer of power but remember how much fun we had digging into the 25th amendment
0: true true
1: true so the writing around like was the transfer of power complete uh did the vice president have the authority to command the nation you know i thought those questions were addressed in a constitutional way very you know um not just oh terrorists take the white
0: house sure but it was a little bit deeper so True. I guess you could say the same about term limits where he doesn't actually use the word term limits yeah in the novel, but the Scott the villain is imposing his own term limits on these uh you know senators that he doesn't think should yeah. be there. So that's a, that's a good one. But the other but one's it, but it could okay. also
1: be a solution, you know, how we talk to the lobbying group right. that wants Correct. congressional term limits and how like Instead of using violence, actual legislated term limits and limits on leadership and, you know, uh, preventing careerist politicians in Washington is a smart idea, which could address a lot of the issues Scott writes about in his ransom letter in Term Limits. So, sure, it means two different things, but it also could have a real-world application
0: to unlock Washington. What was the original title of that book again? We found Uh, it. Stand Up for Your Rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Term limits way better.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going with that's the biggest save of Vince's career that you almost went with stand up for your rights, and somehow it must have been a miracle. Term limits came to you, <laughs> like, or your publisher, or whoever it was, or his. No, that was self published. So self published.
0: So, self-published,
1: so... Or maybe an editor. Maybe he had an editor who worked with him on that one. But yeah.
0: So, anyways, great save. <laughs> Our cover time—it's cover time. Right. You like you the power win. lines, right, Chris? You oh, you, you you know I'm gonna pick a power line one. All right. I'm actually gonna be serious here.
1: Which is your favorite cover? Power seat? line one. Which is your oh, favorite wow. power line cover? I'm not kidding either. <laughs> oh, man, let's waste oh, the listeners' man. time. Let's let's waste their time. Honestly, it's not like it's, we did enough of that today.
0: It, it's it's probably. Ooh. It's got to be uh separation of power. Let's see. Be- because in this one there's a train with power lines and a cloaked figure walking next to a train. And I don't even think this book takes place during the winter. Like <laughs> it might. I I I forget. But like the the making the train front and center makes you think that there's going to be At least with the other ones, he's just in a field, you know, like, Mm -hmm. or walking down a road. Like, you could conceivably think of, like, a scene from anywhere where Rap might be in this location. But that one, he, that's so specific, putting him next to a train. Putting him next to a train. Are you kidding me? There's no train scene. That would be a better, that would be a better third option. That would be a better third option cover if they had and a then separation of power no because i think like oh, he yeah, tries yeah. he tries to get on a train then he doubles back or something like that <laughs> that's true and, uh, Dude, i gotta oh go on God. memorial day <laughs>
1: <laughs> memorial day the dude is standing there with barbed wire in an open field and a duffel bag <laughs> no right, let's move with, on. So
0: with that one he could be interrogating someone no at that's the farm that's no, they're in Leesburg, Virginia. At at the facility. The facility, oh, not it, the farm. The facility.
1: Um, I don't know. Just like literally this looks like a story. This looks like a 70s crime drama of a guy in like central Iowa who is about to get picked up by some random like <laughs> trucker. It just has nothing to do. All right. I can't spend anyways, any more time on this. Anyways, All right. Seriously, oh though, God. your favorite overall cover of the first nine books that we've covered on the
0: pod. Oh, man, this is tough. I think I know mine. All right. I got to give love to consent to kill the the flag option. The classic. Um, the classic. Uh, I really like the separation of power. The. Uh, on our power rankings, it was the B option where you had this, I'm guessing it's Clark looking out his office window in, in Congress. Um, Memorial Day with the broken CIA seal. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. You haven't seen, you haven't, you haven't gotten mine yet. Although Memorial Day is definitely my runner up. I've talked about term- it quite a bit, what that book means to me, and that cover, A, that I blue, like, you know, the,
0: the the light blue, I love it. I don't think I liked it at the time we did the pod, but it's growing on me. The term limits hey. with, with the um, uh, cross crosshairs. Yep, on uh, the Capitol building. On on the Capitol building. Either, either edition. mine. Either one.
1: Yeah, but. I think the first edition is the one with black, mostly black. If I'm not mistaken, and the second edition is the one in blue. I might have that backwards, but um I'm that's mine, dude. I'm going with term limits. It's got the Capitol building is like in green, like a shade of green, like almost as if you are looking down the scope right. with the um with the crosshairs right on it, and it's ominous, it's um foreboding. <laughs> it's a little too close to home as well. But it tells the story. Like that cover tells the story of the book and you wouldn't even know it, like at first. So right.
0: I love it. Right. I love it. Right. Um, All right, what are you going with? It is it am, Consent am, to Kill? Am I am I just gonna do Consent to Kill? It's I, I mean guess, it's a great one. It's I guess I have to. No, I'm gonna go Memorial Day. Really? I like the te- I, I like the tearing across of the of of the CIA seal. I really like that one.
1: I think that's a good move because while the, the American flag uh, consent to kill cover is classic, it doesn't have an edge where the seal tearing like that, and it's like a, a metallic, you know, very like rough seal with a lot of those little um, edges. It gives it a little, you know, it's it's a little sharper. It gives you something. Right, right. The consent yeah, to kill correct. one is just the flag. The shadowing on the flag is really nice, but...
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's got to be mine.
1: All right. I'm sticking with term limits, man. Those crosshairs on the Capitol.
0: All right. Well, that's good.
1: Although I'm not associated in any way with the people who stormed the building. And so just want to clear ourselves for the FBI. I like the cover of a book. It does not indicate any culpability of recent events. Disclaimer. Disclaimer.
0: (laughs) Although oh, the right. book is
1: about picking off congressmen and sniping them, but that's another story. <laughs> that's, you you can go back to episode two for that. <laughs> FBI, <laughs> Scott Coleman.
0: He's the guy you should be looking for. Yes, he's blonde, blue-haired, blue-blue-haired, blue-eyed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good pod. I... No, that was fun really enjoyed talking to you today martini about some superlatives or as well as our book rankings i just we also we hold the right to change our rankings at any time so they will be fluid they are fluid th- they are very fluid so anyways it, you know it depends on the moments how you're feeling right like
1: sometimes i'm just in the mood for one book and i just that's where i'm at right there so it depends
0: on the mood also i think like as we all reread I remember things way more more and we're reading them like it'll be a year and a half when we complete the whole series in this like in depth. So I think as opposed to like when I listen to them, you know, just on my own. So,
1: you know, that's why though I really bumped up term limits and transfer of power today because those are books where it sticks with you. So there is something to six months later, eight months later scenes and storylines sticking with you in a powerful way.
0: Versus your executive power, or um, yeah, like even uh, we just read that book. We just reread that book, and before this pod, we both were like, "What happened there?" Kind of blanked (laughs) on it. Yeah, yeah. So that's why
1: it's also fluid because what sticks over time shows that that book had more of an impact, and I'm going to move it up for that.
0: Right. Right. Cool. Well. Uh, again, we need to thank our patrons, uh, including our special operator, Sherry F., along with our special agents, George, Matt, Dawn, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, and Jeff. Please, 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 can't say this enough. Subscribe, rate, review us using your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, you can find us online at Uh Check out our Teespring website, as well as, if you want to become a patron, uh, hit that little orange button. And we're also on Twitter and Instagram at MitchRappPod. And, oh, um, that's it. And as always, just let Mitch be Mitch. Just a disclaimer, this podcast is not affiliated with Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills, or Simon & Schuster. But thank you to them for bringing us the wonderful world of rap. And the music soundtrack is Guerrilla Tactics by Raphael Crooks.